Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Shark Padua Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. With me is Kevin Harrington, the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on Shark Tank. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Pleasure to be here, Seth. Looking forward to an exciting uh, interview here today. Yes, today our very special guest is Steve Olsher. Steve Olsher has been an entrepreneur over 25 years. He is the chairman and founder of Liquor.com, an online pioneer who launched on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 1993. He is also the New York Times bestselling author of What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do. He is the host of the number one rated radio show and podcast, Reinvention Radio. He is an in-demand media guest who's been on CNN, Huffington Post, and countless other media outlets, and the creator of the New Media Summit. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, appreciate you boys having me here. Hey, hey Steve, were you before the Internet Shopping Network? You know, that's interesting, right? So, 93, it was pretty early on, and depending on who you talk to, some will say it was around that time. Maybe we were a little bit before it, but uh, we, we actually launched our first fully functional e-commerce site in 95, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay, pretty- so let's let's go back a little bit um, let, and, and try and cram as much of 25 years as we can into 25 minutes. So <laughs> what prompted you to start, for those people who don't know, what is Liquor.com? What prompted you to start it and how did you grow it to the amazing behemoth it became? Yeah, you know, so really, really long story, but my grandfather actually started Foremost Liquor Stores out of Chicago. He was one of the first ones to, to even do anything insofar as franchising was concerned. So he goes way back and uh, past now, but he, in 1939, he started franchising Foremost Liquor Stores. My mom went to work for that company in 77. After I got done DJing and opened up my own nightclub and the, you know, that whole nine, I went to work with the family business. There was a very small piece of that Foremost puzzle which was called Foremost Liquor by Wire. Basically, if you think of FTD for flowers, that's what Liquor by Wire did for wine and champagne and spirits and gift baskets. We would have local retailers in lots of different locations. You close a deal in New York, you want to send them a bottle of champagne, you're in LA, you call us on our Watts line, (laughs) and we would get that delivered for you via our local retailer. So Mm -hmm. that's what Liquor by Wire uh, was originally. I very, very, very small piece. When I came to the business, I thought it had a lot of potential. So first I launched a catalog for it. Then in 93, as you said, we took that, we put it on CompuServe's electronic mall. And then in 95, launched a fully functional e-commerce site for it. 98, 
and ended up buying the liquor.com domain. Want to guess what I paid for the liquor.com domain in 98? Actually, I got liquor.com and bourbon.com at the same time in 98. Want to guess? Want to guess? 500 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 7,500 bucks, which okay. at the time, I got to tell you, man, at the time it was what is in today's dollars. What is that? Like 6 million, something like that. Yeah, right. A lot so, of money back then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it made, it felt, it felt like a stretch and it was a stretch, but it really helped to, to just propel us into just the, the big leagues of the game, if you will. I mean, we were doing over three and a half million in sales at that point before we got the domain. So we really thought if we just picked up the domain, we could then go ahead and just hand somebody a piece of paper with our business plan on it like they were doing back in the day and get millions of dollars in funding. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. We had the S1 filed in March of 2000, ready to go public. You, you remember March of 2000? Anybody? Yeah, right? Oh, so March of 2000. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It was NASDAQ 5,500 by April. I think it was down around 3,500, right? That was the beginning of the plunge. Tech mm-hmm. bubble bursting before 9-11. Yeah, man. And so I literally walked away from everything, including the domain, for the better part of about six years. Ended up tracking it. I never signed away my rights to it, but I did walk away from the company after it imploded. You know, we had brought in all these lettered saviors, CEO, CFO, WTF, you know, all these people to help us. And of course, they didn't know what they were doing. Unfortunately, nobody can take care of your baby like you can, as I'm sure you can attest to. But long story short, I ended up reclaiming the domain 2006, sold it to a guy who paid me four and a quarter million for it made the first few payments, bailed on the rest. So I kept the money and I kept the domain hmm. and uh, teamed up with a, a bunch of really great guys out of San Francisco. They're actually running it on a full-time basis. I've got no active day-to-day with it. I'm based in San Diego. I am chairman, still founder, still one of the largest shareholders, but they're doing what they're doing with it. And I'm just uh, kind of right now along for the ride while I'm doing other things. It, it, liquor delivery is a little tricky. Don't you have like state laws and all of that? So if you, you've navigated through all of that. You can't just ship liquor anywhere you want, right? I mean, yeah. So now you're asking good questions, Kevin, right? So so the bottom line is that actually breaks down even further where it can be county by county. So a state could be one thing, but a county in that state could be different than the county next door. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of laws and rules and regulations to traverse in that, in that world. When we did it, we did it through local retailers from, you know, again, the infancy of the catalog through when we filed to go public in March of 2000 and so on. We were actually working in 40 countries at that point through local retailers. But what I will tell you is that since 2009, when the new team took over, we haven't sold a goddamn thing, which much to my chagrin, like not a t-shirt, not a bottle, not a shot glass, nothing. So uh, that's a conversation for a different day. (laughs) Okay. Well, because I'm I'm investing in a business that sells wine, and they're they're going after uh, the celebrity marketplace. Yeah, um, they've, they've they've got a company called Grape, Grape Stars. Yeah, and so they're they're taking celebrity wines and and offering them direct to the public. And um, so I've I've been doing a deep dive on all the you know. The, the, the laws and regulations and yeah. how all that works. And, um, you know, it's an interesting concept because you got all, you know, so many, you know, I mean, wines and liquors, by the way. So George Clooney just sold his for huge, you know, seven, eight hundred million up to a billion dollars. Yeah. His yeah. tequila, Casamigos. Uh, but you've got, you know, all the big celebrities are, are you know, from the basketball players to the singers, the entertainers. Yeah. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of celebrity wines and liquors, and so they're they're going after that niche. And 
um, I, you know, I said, Hey, let's, let's give this thing a shot. So maybe you could use some of your advice along the way here. Yeah. You know, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm definitely here to help. I spent, you know, the better part of, uh, geez, you know, whatever, 17, well, going way back. I mean, my family's always been in the liquor business, but in terms of just the catalog and then liquor.com and so on, I mean, since 93, I've been uh, immersed and on the outskirts also of that industry, man. So I'm happy to, to help you guys traverse, you know, the rules and regs. And I've got, I, I've got more uh, knowledge around that than does me any good. That's for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about a couple of your other projects. Tell us a little bit about the new media summit. Hey, the New Media Summit. Man, thanks for bringing that up. Not that I'm wearing a t-shirt or anything that says the New Media Summit, but there you go. Um, so yeah. I've actually been podcasting since 2009. We've got a couple shows, and Kevin, we'd love to have you on one of them. We've got a couple shows called Reinvention Radio. The other one that I think, Kevin, you'd be a great fit for is called Beyond Eight Figures. And on that show, we exclusively sit down with entrepreneurs who have either exited for more than $10 million, right? currently run businesses that gross more than $10 million, so we'll chat about that. Cool. Um, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the podcasting space and been podcasting since 2009, actually. And what we realized very early on was that there are, there are a lot more people who want to be on our shows than we have time for in terms of the available slots. I mean, re-mentioned radio, we do 50 shows a year, right? We get about 100 applications a month people who want to be on our shows. I'm sure you guys can speak we to We have that. the same waiting list problem of Kevin's limited time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you guys can speak to that as well. And as I was talking to a lot of my podcasting peers, what I realized is that sometimes we can get some awesome people who look great on paper, but then you have them on the show and they're just complete duds. And it's like, <laughs> how do you know what? So this guy looked great, great book, New York Times bestseller, looks awesome on paper, the story background, and he's an absolute yeah. dud. <laughs> so as I was talking to a lot of my podcaster friends, we can't afford to give up a week like that. We certainly can't afford to give up two weeks like that, right? I mean, right. just our time is too valuable. So what we decided to do was let's figure out how we can actually get in front of people who want to be on shows. And we're looking for great guests to feature on our shows. And with all due respect, I mean, the Kevin Harringtons, the Gary Vaynerchucks, the Tim Ferrisses of the world, like we know you guys. And in all honesty, you guys are the low hanging fruit. You know, it's like easy to reach out for guys like Kevin and say, hey, we'd love to have you on our show. What's hard is finding the stories of people where those stories haven't been told a million times. And right. so we actually take great pride in featuring people on our shows that the world hasn't heard from a million times. And that was where the genesis of creating the new media summit was born. So basically what we do, that's a really long answer to your question, but basically what we do <laughs> is we bring in 40 top podcasts and we give 150 attendees. So it's an intimate event. We give 150 attendees the opportunity to take center stage and pitch all of the podcasters and attendants on who they are and what they do. And they literally get booked on the spot. So the promise of the event is you come to the new media summit, you'll take center stage, you'll pitch, you'll leave with bookings in hand. So it's That's almost cool. like Shark Tank for podcast guests. You got it. You got it. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. And, and we've got a 100% track record of people coming to the event, getting booked on shows. And the people, not only, of course, who are podcasters, book them, but the 150 attendees that are there, a lot of them have podcasts and blogs and so on in their own right. And then we live stream the event for free. So we got thousands of people watching as well. When is the next event that you're, you're doing? Yeah, September 16th through the 18th in San Diego. We do it twice a year. So September 16th through the 18th in San Diego. I assume this will come out before then, but we're already yes. sold out. So um, September sold out, but we do have uh, another one in March uh, of 2020. So we do it twice a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love um, 
Yeah, the the um, there's a I'm just looking. There's a digital. Uh, Gary V is speaking at a digital conference in New York around that same time. I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, six. I think he's on on the 17th. But um, the the 16th is uh, I, I love what what you're talking about here. And if there's any way I can help support you, um, love to to be able to do that because I I believe podcasting is 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 going to be uh, the wave of the, of the future for many entrepreneurs. And we, Seth and I have been doing this for quite a while. And, you know, um, I, do you know a gentleman by the name of Ed Milet, by the way? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. He's a, he's, a, he's a powerhouse. I mean, Oh, man, huge. And, you know, I, I, I was on his podcast. And we did millions of, of views, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that, so you're, you're in some great space. And every entrepreneur, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs all over the world. And one of the top things that I recommend is doing a podcast. Do you have a turnkey service on helping people get into the podcasting business? Is that part of what you do also? Yeah. So part of what we do, Kevin, is, is we've got, so there's, there's two things. Number one, I've got a course called Profiting from Podcasts, which specifically pe- teaches people how to land coveted appearances as a guest on the shows that they want to appear on and then how to monetize that visibility and we also have a, a DIY course called Launch Your Podcast, which helps them launch, market, and monetize their own show. But if people want to go from zero to launch in person with their own show, we do that at our two-day Launch Your Podcast intensive. So literally, we do everything. And we do full production and so on. And this is very complimentary to what you guys do, Seth, and so on. So I don't want to step on toes here. But yeah, at the two-day intensive, we do take folks from zero to launch uh, in just two days and give them the equipment and, and the intro, outro, artwork. I mean, the whole nine. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, if, I know your time is incredibly valuable. We got one more topic I want to try and squeeze in. Tell us a little bit about your new project, Latitude. Ah, Latitude. Thanks for bringing that up, man. So, uh, so Latitude. So I, what I didn't say was after Liquor.com imploded the first time I got into real estate development. So I did real estate development for about 15 years, still got my you know hands and toes in a few different things. Um, but I developed about 50 odd, 60 odd million dollars worth of property during that time. And so given my background in real estate development and then given my background in tech, I finally landed on something that combines both of those areas of expertise, which is called Latitude, L-A-T-A-T-U-D, Latitude. Uh, we're, we're, we're not yet launched. We are in the embryonic stages of putting this together. But long story short, you guys, of course, are familiar with software as a service, correct? Of course you yes. are. So think about Latitude in terms of it being housing as a service. So basically what we do is in exchange for one set membership fee, our members have the flexibility to move from latitude owned to latitude owned location as often as every 30 days. So we actually own all of the real estate. They have privacy. So there's no co-living. It's not, you know, they got to share their space with anybody else and they build equity as if they're a homeowner without the headaches of homeownership. And so it's, uh, it's the only endeavor initiative right now that combines the flexibility, the equity, and the privacy in the way that we're doing, and we own all of the real estate. Hmm. So that's really creative. Um, so I'm a creative guy. I, we kind of figured that out. So if Latitude owns the property, what am I accumulating equity in as a member? Great point. So, you know, even at just 300 members, this is a $150 million proposition, right? So this is a unicorn almost all out of the gate 
with just a small number of members. So what they're actually accumulating equity in is there's a, there's a vesting period, of course, is the longer they're a member, the more equity they'll be able to build up. But in the same way that we'll have an employee stock option pool, we will have a stock option pool for members. So they will actually accumulate ownership in the company itself. Okay, so I'm not buy, I'm not accumulating equity in one of the specific properties, or I'm going to sell all one condo that. out from under you. You're I own a part of the company. All of them, correct. So it's almost like you're hedging your bet too, from market to market to market. And you know, of course, with the inflexibility of traditional home ownership and the inflexibility of renting, and then this whole digital nomad movement of people being able to want to do, you know do what they want to do from anywhere. First, we'll start here in the States, and then we'll expand globally to more exotic locations and then more mainstream global locations as well. But yeah, long story short is they actually will have a percentage of ownership in the company that owns all of that real estate as well. And then uh, in order, I'm guessing in order to harvest that or profit from it to have a liquidity event, either you need to buy it back from me or you guys need to go public or get acquired. Yeah, you are spot on. That's correct. So what prompted you to, I mean, I get the innovation of real estate development and tech, but how do you come up with the idea to disrupt the home ownership slash timeshare almost yeah. market? Yeah, great point. Equity kicker? Yeah, I mean, great point. And so obviously people say all the time, wasn't well, this just sort of a timeshare kind of thing? The difference between what we're doing and timeshare is number one, you're limited, obviously, with the number of places that you can go to and the amount of time that you can spend there in a timeshare environment. In, in this case... This is actually their primary residence. So they can move as often as every 30 days. So these are not short-term rentals, right? So that way we're not also subject to short-term vacation rental ordinances or any of that stuff as well. So this is actually their, their primary residence, right? I mean, that's the biggest difference here. They get to move from latitude-owned to latitude-owned location as often as every 30 days. But I could hypothetically stay there longer than that. If I said right. I want to live here for five years and not move, I could. Absolutely, you could. And for that one set membership fee, it includes all of their utilities, it includes all of their housing expenses, there's no home ownership, you know, like n none of the typical HOA fees or any of that stuff, it's all built into the one set membership fee. So again, it's really, it's, it's, it's creating a third class of real estate when you come right down to it, because I'm calling it nomadic flexible housing which doesn't exist. It bridges the gap between traditional home ownership, which has no flexibility and, right, and, and the flexibility of renting. So I'm really trying to create a, a third class uh, of real estate here, which I believe is the future of housing. Is it, is, would you consider this similar to uh, like crowdfunding in the equity uh, real estate market almost? Um, well, yes and no. And, and of course I love the crowdfunding concept and I, and I totally get that. But we're not actually looking to our members to fund the acquisition of the properties. We're not looking to our, our, our members to fund anything as it relates to the ongoing operations of the company. And so, you know, in a, typically in a crowdfunding scenario, which makes a lot of sense, you're giving people the opportunity to basically take ownership of, of something that doesn't yet exist, right? And you're giving them the opportunity to you know, basically finance the creation of whatever that endeavor is, whatever that initiative is. So right. in this case, we're actually doing it the other way around where it's more of a bonus. It's more of a kicker in terms of what they're, and again, it's not dollar for dollar, right? A hundred percent of what they pay in on a membership fee is not going to go towards equity, but it's certainly a heck of a lot better than what it would be if you simply go into renting somewhere and then you get absolutely nothing back on that at all. So uh, I, I hear you on the crowdfunding piece, but we're not looking at our members in that way. Gotcha.
Okay, well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. We talked about a, 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 a whole lot of different topics. For our folks who are interested, well, they're not at liquor.com. You could just go to and buy liquor. But if they're interested in you the new- You can't buy me- anything there yet. But you can't buy anything yet. All right, so if they're interested in the New Media Summit, yeah. or if they're interested in your revolution uh, in your podcasts and radio shows, and or revolutionizing real estate, where do they go? <laughs> There's a lot of places for folks to go, but I, I would just simply say uh, probably the best place to go would be to take a listen to Reinvention Radio or Beyond Eight Figures. Uh, you guys obviously are listening to podcasts. You're here right now hanging out with us. So start there. And if you like me and you still want to connect with me after you hear me on one of those shows, um, you know, then you'll figure out a way to contact me. It's pretty easy. Just look up Steve Olsher. All right. We will send everybody to Reinvention Radio and tell them to Google you at Steve Olsher. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to tell you, I'd love to be on one of your podcasts. So let's do that. Okay. We'll follow up on that. Thanks. Thanks for being here today for us. Yeah. Appreciate you, gentlemen. Take care. Take care. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.